the Koi gig part on Off The Ball. Denise was the person who stepped up again, you know, we, it was all about Katie and Tala. She's not the only superstar on the team, we still have Denise and Denise proved that again. Subscribe to the Koi gig part on the Off The Ball app now. The Club Championship Show on Off The Ball in partnership with AIB, proud sponsor of the Football, Hurling and Camogie All-Ireland Club Championships. Hashtag the toughest. You are very welcome along to the Club Championship Show here on Off The Ball. It is brought to you by AIB. It is a new season of the programme. We're getting to that point where the provincial championships are getting tasty. We had the last of the county finals last weekend. I'd like to say Ashton O'Reilly is here in studio with me. How are you, Ash? Not too bad, Will. How's things? Good. Killing Whelan's going to be with us a little bit later on. He's going to, I won't quite call it power ranking because I don't want to steal Owen Sheen's thunder don't on this that. one, but <laughs> he's going to rank the contenders in the Camogie Championship as we uh, get down for the best part of the provincial finals over the next couple of weekends there. I mean, we're coming off the back of an interesting weekend. We'll chat about Kilku in a little bit. You were watching them against Derry Gonley. Very impressive. It was, I think it was 1-8 to a point they went ahead in that game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think Kilku are out for maybe a, a bit of a revenge over probably last year and losing that that Ulster title. They want to get back there. They want to regain that. But uh, it was an impressive performance and it was it was tough for them as well because Brewster Park, it, it was very wet. It's quite a heavy pitch, as we all know anyway. But there's been a lot of rain in Ulster over the, the last week or so. So it was tough conditions for both teams, but they were very, very impressive. They were still able to play that running game that we know they all can do. A lot of pace within that team and they definitely kicked into another gear, I would say, than I have seen them maybe better than the last year I would say so yeah um, it'll be interesting to see what they do in the Ulster Championship but that Ulster Championship you just look at the stacked. teams it's yeah. absolutely stacked and Glenn are going to want to get back there you've crossed McGlenn coming they've the experience of of being in the, the All-Ireland campaign as well um, Scottstown now as well Jack McCarran there's so many interesting facets to it all but it's going to be very very difficult to even get through there but uh, yeah very, very much looking forward to seeing what they can do and just the Ulster Championship in general. I love following it both in the, the inter-county scene and the club scene. Um, it's very, very competitive. It's great to watch and yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting this year. We'll hear from Bobo Kane a little bit later on. I know you were asking Carl Lacey as well about the idea of coaching a current inter-county manager. I think someone came back on tweet and said that Vinnie Corey is still playing with his club. Yeah. Um, but to see Conor Lafferty still breaking through for runs late in the game when they were eight or nine points up, um, he's still looking pretty good as a player, isn't he? Oh, he is, definitely. He he leads, that's for sure. Uh, exactly what he'd want from his players, whether it's at club level or county level, doing those hard runs back, getting forward, committing to your run there was a few times there was clips going around afterwards as well of like you know the the pass mightn't have been on but it was committing to your run because even if you don't get that pass you, you might distract a player you might pull a player out and create that space and evidently there was times when they, they scored off the back of his runs so yeah it's it's something else to, to see that you know an intra-county manager doing what he's doing at, at a young age but uh, he is in his, his late 30s so to be able to be still playing at that level and when you see the fitness and the physique that all those players are in now at club level we might touch on this at some point as well the professionalism that goes into to club it's something else and to be able to do it at that level and to keep going we're probably going to talk about other players that are doing it um, later into their, their older years as well it is something else and he's definitely still doing it for Kukou definitely a big figure there and he came off the bench the last day but he started I think the county finals so uh, I'd say we're going to see a hell of a lot more of them. Do you know what was fairly rare in that goal as well? A goal that was actually properly palmed to the net, but was almost <laughs> palmed to the net volleyball style. Because yeah. I get so used to goals that are scored in that nature. Generally, they're passed across and someone either fists it 
or they palm it from close range in. We actually saw a chip with a palm. It was almost more like a volleyball skill than a Gaelic football skill. Yeah, it really was. Um, that was Sean McCusker. And he did it so calmly and so lightly. It's almost harder to do that. You know, you, you, the panic stations are on. You're right in front of the goal, quick. Your instincts go. are to catch yeah. that turn and shoot. Yeah, or even to go with it, up, uh, you know, a force. But he just calmly did it. So that's the confidence that they have at the minute. But they were fairly well up at that point. It was coming near the end of the game. That was the goal that completely, you know, Derry Golly had a little bit of a purple patch at the start of the second half. They got the first two scores um, from the break and then they got a goal as well. It sort of gave them a little bit of a lifeline. But no, Kilku, they just, they never looked in doubt. Mm. Switching sports. While you were getting ready to uh, cover that game, I was watching Bally Gunner on the telly. And again, they've been understandably put out there as favourites already because Ballyhill Shamrocks are out their old mm-hmm. adversaries and Ballygunner haven't got over the line a couple of years ago with that dramatic win against Ballyhale again this is just so impressive so three campaigns in a row now they've won their quarter final in Munster by 17 points crazy yeah they keep Sarsfields to three points against the wind which is nearly as impressive as what they did when mm-hmm. they were using the wind themselves and for Ballygunner, very early in the game, all six of their forwards are on the scoreboards. Desi Hutchinson again is pulling the strings. He sets up the goals for Peter Hogan and for Kevin Mahoney. And they win with a load to spare. Two goals and 20 is good scoring this time of year. Perhaps more impressive to keep Sarsfields to just nine points. And like having seen what this Ballygunner team can do, given that so many of their players, you were talking to Park Mahoney just a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. we'd Stephen O'Keefe on the show last year. They're now focused to playing club as opposed to having to mix inter-county into it as well. They've got that incredible balance where they've got players who are still very talented and still in the peak of their powers, but 100% focused on what happens in black and red at the moment. They are a dangerous animal for anyone to face. And this semi-final against Napiersic should be a cracker. Absolutely. And I think the way the split season for the Waterford Championship, that it's one of the, the earliest uh, competitions to be completed. And with, never seems to affect Ballygunner either. No. And I think it almost is an advantage to them. You'd be thinking when they were going out last week, okay, are they going to be maybe a little bit rusty, sluggish here? They've had eight weeks off, but it was almost the opposite, that they actually got a rest. They got all the lads back in together. They didn't go as far in the the county championship, so all the lads were back in early. They've had that time together, and you can see that as a benefit to them. Um, You know, the, the way they set up, they're like a county team. You know, they have strength and depth all over the team, even the, the way they play the instincts, they know where they are, the, the crossfield passes to go long, to go short. They can play every style and yeah, it is. It's very impressive. Uh, Desi Hutchinson once again stepping up for them. He's been unbelievable but they've so many players all over the pitch that can do it for them and they have that hurt from last year and I'm sure that is in the, the back of their minds that they want to get back there and now that there's no Ballyhale, you know, they don't get their revenge on them but they, they want to get back there to, to be able to win the All-Ireland again and you have to say that they're All-Ireland contenders now. Mm. Favourites. Yeah, no, I, I think so. Say. I think the, the next challenge may be one of the most difficult to face yeah, and before potentially sure. get to an All-Ireland final yeah. because the Limerick final was on the TV a couple of Saturdays ago and it was a right old battle between uh, Patrick Swell and the Piercing in the final including a lot of the Limerick players who you know are so bonded like brothers on the Limerick team yeah. having a right good cut at each other during the game as well but like when you've got the Casey's and you've got Will O'Donoghue in midfield for them as well and the Piercing are a serious side and like tremendous pedigree as a club even in recent years as well but where the pedigree isn't good Ash is Cork and so I saw yeah. this on GA Statsman on Instagram which is a breakdown of what has happened with the hurling teams in Cork in recent times in the Munster Club Championship and the reality is it's not pretty reading so the last game that was won in Munster by a Cork team 
was Glen Rovers, who've now been relegated against Patrick's Well of Limerick back in 2016, where they got through by a point, 15 points to 14 in the end. Then you look at the last time that they've won the Munster Championship, that was Newtown Chandram, who are going to account for the rest of the stats here in 2009. Their last time to get to an All-Ireland final was the Newtown Chandram team that lost out to Pertumna by 2-8 to 1-6 in 2006. And the last win was that Newtown Chandram team against Dunloy, the most unlucky team in All-Ireland finals, winning by 17 points to 1-6 way back in 2004. So Cork have been waiting a long time and Cork are part of the big three uh, when it comes to hurling. But then you look at just that horrific record to have not won a Munster Championship for such a big county since 2009, to have only won one game since 2016. Yeah. I know you can take it in isolation that Ballygunner are very impressive and Ballygunner have beaten Ballier and they've beaten other big teams in Munster in recent years uh, by big scorelines. But that is depressing if you're a Cork hurling fan, the plight of their hurling teams outside of the county. What is that? Does it come down to there's the strength of the championship within Cork? I'm, I'm sure maybe it does. Um, you know, it's hard to know what that is because obviously it's a massive county, um, a county level. They're competitive. You you see the talent all over the county, so you'd wonder what that is. It must be maybe competitiveness within the the club championship and how they're not able to get out of that. I don't know. It's it's surprising for yeah. such a big county. I mean, I mean, to me, it just seems crazy because you've yeah. had teams who've come out maybe a little bit unfancied elsewhere in Munster and have gone on to win Munster championships and to compete in semi finals and finals at the All Ireland series. And definitely it becomes a trend for Cork when it's been that long and it's been various different clubs who are coming mm. out. So uh, that's not a hit on uh, Sarsfields at all. It just goes to show um, what Cork's record has been in recent times. The other record which I saw, which was just remarkable indeed. So I don't know if you saw the Kilkenny final a few weeks ago. Ballyhale Shamrocks were beaten very, very late on. Paddy Egan scores a yeah. wonderful point to win it for O'Loughlin Gales. But Michael Verney picked this one up on Twitter, which is Ballyhale Shamrock's record. Now, bear in mind that one of the years for the All-Ireland Series was taken away because there was no club championship outside the counties due to COVID. 42 championship games they've played, 40 wins in that 42 series. The two games that they lost, Ash, were lost by a single point. The goal that Ballygunner scored in the All-Ireland Final and that defeat against O'Loughlin Gales. Five Kilkenny's, four Leinster's, three All-Irelands won in that run. <laughs> That is nothing short than absolutely incredible. Like, it probably makes their defeat to Lachlan Gales so much tougher for them. And what a win for Lachlan Gales. Like, that is, uh, yeah, that would galvanise a team. That's for sure. That It's incredible. What a run. But the talent they've had. And, you know, even last year, we we talked a little bit about the behind the scenes in Ballyhale as well and, and what they do off the pitch. And even with the younger kids coming up and, Maybe the likes of TJ Reid and that that are always around uh, the club and they're they're you know helping with coaching and things like that. So you, that, that's no surprise that they're they're having this success and it's it's on a continuous cycle. But yeah, to to lose two games out of forty is just some going. Yeah, well, especially you consider some of their players like Adrian Mullion and Cody, TJ Reid. TJ I think was trying to win his fourteenth All Ireland between uh, club and county, which would have been remarkable to put him out in his own. But to be able to do that year round for the yeah. last three, four years Constantly is backing it unbelievable. up. That's the toughest bit. You know, a good team, you, you'll win a championship, you'll win an All-Ireland, but how to back it up and continuously do that and do that, that's the, the toughest thing. So yeah, that it's it's some going, but I'm sure that hurt, still hurt. Even though it is only two games they've lost and they lost the, the championship there to Lachlan Gales, that'll still hurt just, just as much for them. And yeah, but it has been some, some run. 
Yeah, well, it makes this weekend's quarterfinals in Leinster feel a little bit more open because Ballyhill would have been uh, strong favourites to win the province without. So uh, this Sunday, you've got the games staggered if you want to watch them in Leinster. TG Carrer showing Nave Aina of Wexford, who haven't played since September. So it's a long break for them to come around against Offaly's Kilcormac Kalahi, who are back champions again after a few unlucky years and finals. They've got a team, Ash, in Kilcormac Kalahi. I think if the draw had been different on this one, to have to go to Wexford and potentially beat the Kilkenny champions if O'Loughlin Gales get past Mount Leinster Rangers is a very difficult route to the final. Mm-hmm. But lots of people have been watching Charlie Mitchell, Adam Screeny as part of the Offaly under-20s who got to an All-Ireland final. They're now integrated in their first year adult hurling and have been to the four for KK all year. They've also got players who got to an All-Ireland final 11 years ago who are still on the team. So sometimes you get this perfect blend of these experienced players, Conor Mann, Damien Clamartin, these type of players, and then these youngsters coming in uh, to back it up. And KK pretty much across the board. I think they had 127 adult hurlers that played this year. Wow. And across the three grades they were playing at, they got the finals. And they also won a football championship at junior this year as well. Wow. So there's just an abundance of talent that they have currently. They did a senior Dublin offly, senior A and senior B, which just goes to show how oh much strength God, there is currently. Yeah. A lot of those lads were in All-Ireland schools teams this year and would have won the Leinster schools. So it might be a little bit early for them. But if KK could navigate these two games, they'll be a live contender even to win the All-Ireland, I think. Uh, but they're up against Wexford's champions, Naveena. Uh, Raharney of Westmead, Killian Doyle scored a remarkable goal in their uh, Westmead final a few weeks ago uh, to win it with the very last puck of the game. It was this kind of Roy of the Rovers moment yeah. where the ball ends up in the hand of the best player on the pitch and he smashed it into the net, breaking the hearts of Lachlan Gales. And then you've got brand new Dublin champions in Nafina. And this is an interesting one too because you've got the best player in Dublin injured right now. I don't know if Bowen's going to be fit to play this weekend, but Nafina were so impressive against uh, Bally Bowden a few weeks ago, a game that was like out of sight by half time. Yeah. I like I wonder without Donald Burke, if he comes back against Raharney, that's a huge boost if Donald Burke is there. But without him, they were able to put Bally Bowden to the sword. So Nafina with the side of the draw, because you've Camros and Nace on that side as well. Yeah. They might be first time Dublin champions, but sometimes a team kind of gets that momentum when they've won a first championship and just go for it. That's it. They get a taste for it. But down to work, like what's he worth? How many points would you say? Oh, he's like he won the best free takers in the country. And exactly, won even the best his, scores and play as well. Yeah, even his free taking is is something else. And yeah, you definitely want him out there. But who knows? Yeah, he could be still back out. You know, there's there's time. But yeah, they definitely need him out there. But uh, Nace as well, I think would would have a say for sure. I think so. I mean, Nace have to go and play Camros in Amore Park. So two o'clock in Cusick Park for Harney Nafina. Yeah. Uh, three o'clock start in Amore Park for Camros who blitzed Abby Leakes in the Leash final. Again, a good few weeks ago at this stage, but um, they banged in goals early in the game and won very, very comfortably. And Camros are one of those teams who are, well, they're the most successful team in Leash history. They come into Leinster with that bit of experience. Quite a few of their lads would have played in Leinster previously. But Nace last year overturned Shinrone after right. coming up to senior from yeah. winning the intermediate the year before. And I think, even though Nace have to balance things a little bit with the football and the hurling over the next couple of weekends, if Nace can overcome Camros, I think Nace will fancy it against Raharney or Nafina in a semi-final. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so I'm going to have the, the two of them in yeah. the, the football and the hurling. It's, it's a triple-double. Yeah. <laughs> which is just absolutely incredible. And then the other one is at half past three, which is Netwatch Cullen Park, which is a Carlo against Kilkenny Derby. So a Lachlan Gales uh, out of Kilkenny after ending the run of Ballyhell Shamrocks will go to Carlo's Mount Leinster Rangers. So that's the quarter-final lineup. Uh, the winners of Naveena and Kilcormac Lyle will be at home to Mount Leinster Rangers or O'Loughlin Gales and the other semi-finalists from the other side Raharney or Nafina against Camros or Nace so that's the way the hurling is breaking down for uh, this weekend our own Tommy Rooney is going to be in action in the Munster Club Football Championship Ash, this weekend is he? 
Pratlow of Clare. Why do you know anything about this? He's you keeping did, you, it fairly hush. He didn't bring it up that uh, he's now best mates with uh, Colin Collins and him and Podge were on the show last Thursday week as yeah. well. Um, I believe Tommy's main contribution was getting black carded in the county semi-final. Oh, Not sure I how much he's added that. outside of that. I actually didn't know that, jokes aside. Um, but yeah, what a start for him because he obviously left Mead Hill his club in Mead. His, his beloved Mead Hill. His beloved Mead Hill. And yeah, made that uh, transfer, which is a tough thing to do. And I know he was back and forth a little while on it. And yeah, he obviously made the jump living in Clare makes sense. To be able to go on and then win a Clare championship. And here you are competing in Munster. Mm, that so is some going. They're away to Castlehaven and Cork uh, this coming Sunday afternoon. That's a half one start. The other game... In Munster, it's a quick enough turnaround for Newcastle west of Limerick. They go to Semple Stadium to take on Clonmel Commercials. So uh, last weekend in the Limerick final, it's three in a row for Newcastle west. So good victory for them in the end. It was a couple of goals from Owen Hurley that probably made the big difference for them. Uh, they won by 3-5 to 13 points. So it's a reasonably quick seven-day turnaround. We had the Galway Senior Football Final as well. Cara Finn are back. We're going to hear from Gary Sice, one of those outlads still doing it at a high level for their club. But um, this is a, a very, very interesting game. In the end, Cara Finn win 111 to 19. And Morris Brosnan was on with us last Friday, and he was saying that in many ways, this could be a changing of the guard permanently, where mm-hmm. Cara Finn were the great All Ireland Series team, have been great champions within Galway. But Moy Cullen last year won the Connacht Championship, and maybe it was time for Moy Cullen to maybe become the coming force in Galway football. Seven times the teams were level uh, up till the 45th minute. Then there was this really good spell uh, for Cora Finn after that. When Tony Gill puts the ball in the net, they go 111 to seven points up. You're thinking it's going to be very difficult for Moy Cullen to come back at that point. Uh, the former Offaly captain Johnny Maloney then puts in a goal for Moy Cullen. They were dropping ball in to try and get a second goal laid on, but Cora Finn held on to him by two points. And I just wonder with all the players that are on that Cora Finn team and the experience of winning that they have, if they're not a very dangerous force now coming into the Connacht Championship and into the All-Ireland. Oh, of course they are. They, they have to be. We've all seen what they've done. You know, they're an absolute brilliant club team and that would have meant a lot to them to be able to get back there first time since 2019. Yeah. So that that's absolutely massive for them. And sometimes when things are meant to happen, they they, they happen that way. And I think the, the Gary side story in particular is just... It really is incredible. We've all watched him for years, obviously, with Galway. And to be still doing it at club level at 39, his 13th county title is unbelievable. And he got five points. He was the top mm. scorer in the in the county final. Yeah, it's remarkable. And the tough year that he's had, um, there was the, the lovely interview. I know we're going to hear a little bit about it. But for, for Cara Finn to, to be back up there, I'm sure the likes of Kulku would love to get another crack at them, obviously, from the All-Ireland that they had a few years back. Kulku lost out that day. Yeah, they they are something else. But for Moy Cullen, they were chasing that three in a row. They know Sean Kelly out there. Is he worth those, what, two points it was in the it's end? A, it's a big blow. I mean, I don't know how long they knew that he was going to be out, but when yeah. he was like, named in the programme, but then unable to play, you're thinking they had to leave it right up until the last minute to try and get him to play. You're missing your county captain. He's huge. one of the best players in the country. You would say he's up there, you know, so he definitely is, is probably worth those two points, if not more. So it's a big blow for them. But look, when... It's a team's time, it's their time and it just felt like uh, it was written for Cara Finn and they will definitely be a def- uh, a dangerous animal in this championship now as well. Mm. Um, East Kerry won't advance into the uh, championship uh, because they're a combined team. 
Um, but I think mid Kerry will probably look back on this and think you keep David Clifford to two points from play, you probably have a decent chance to win. And they ran this down to one point in the end. East Kerry winning two ten to fifteen points. Goals from Luke Crowley and from Pawdy Clifford, who invariably, if David is a quiet day, Pawdy Clifford generally tends up, to pop yeah. up. Yeah, so that's four titles in five years in Kerry. And if you missed the debate on Off The Ball Breakfast on Wednesday morning, there was a conversation about the idea of the divisional teams and what it does for the eight club teams who are in the Kerry Championship and what the future is going to be, particularly after Karen the rallies have put an alternative proposal in after yeah. the Munster champions were relegated down to intermediate for next year. Because there is that danger too that they're going to probably get back next year, be the intermediate champions in Kerry. And... I don't think an intermediate team around the country can touch them if they go into the All-Ireland Series. Yeah. Are you a fan of how Kerry do things? I, I think it's inevitable that divisional teams will happen elsewhere. I know there's been votes in other counties in recent times to find some way of either running a separate divisional championship where you combine some of the junior and intermediate teams or the idea of maybe fully integrating them like they are in Cork Hurling and in Kerry football. But I, I don't know. It's difficult because it makes it very difficult for the club teams to be successful. And I think the yeah. knock-on effect outside the county is bigger but because you see so many uh, club teams that are now struggling to field it's on your, their own. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. So is the main reason just rural Ireland, it's tough to, to maybe be able to field teams? I think so. And you look at the intermediate grades and the amount of teams who are playing an amalgamated team or maybe a regional-based mm. team, that will have the knock-on effect the further down the road that will happen with senior teams because there's only so long that you can actually um, continue with maybe, say... Clubs can be pig-headed about it and they go, right, we're going to just continue as ourselves and our identity is really, really important. But then you realise demographic-wise, there's just not going to be enough players to replenish those who are retiring. Yeah. And I think at least the debate happens in other counties. Yeah, you just don't want to, to lose what it means to, you know, have your club. Like we saw with East Kerry, that there wasn't a hell of a lot of supporters there and you had the likes of David Clifford, Paddy Clifford, you know, you had a star-studded team that mm. you think people would be coming out anyway and there it's hard, wasn't. It's hard as well to get behind a combined team in a That's way. That's what I mean. Because you, so you, yeah, don't you care about your area, but yeah. it's hard to, oh, there's a guy from a neighbouring club who's on the same team. Exactly. You have your rivalry with and that's the, the way it should be. So you don't want to lose that either, but there's pros and cons for it. Then you have the, the likes of uh, well, David Clifford is a he was a junior player now intermediate with, with Fossa. Fossa this weekend could go senior, and they had to wait. They've mm. been waiting to play this game because obviously the the lads have been involved. But then you have players that might only ever play junior with their club, and that's just the reality. They get a chance then at senior if they go and and join the divisional team. So there's pros and cons to it. Um, I just would hate to ever lose the, the club feel to it all. You know, that, you know, your club's your club. You know, you can't, you never get by that. Uh, there's a different feel to it. We saw that with the crowds that went out for the scary game. And if you're not going to go out and support the Stars sort of team, you're hardly going to see it with, you know, smaller teams maybe around the country as well. Mm. Well, East Carry, East Carry will definitely be weakened if Fossa go to senior level because they won't true. be able to play with them next year. The Club Championship Show on Off The Ball in partnership with AIB, proud sponsor of the Football, Hurling and Camogie All-Ireland Club Championships. Hashtag the toughest. Uh, the other games that were on this uh, last weekend, uh, before we hear from Bobo Kane and Kilku, the Leinster Club Senior Football Championship quarterfinals were on, so we know the pairings now for the semi-finals as well. Uh, St Mary's RD, it was announced yesterday, will have home advantage in RD for their game against uh, the All-Ireland Champions, Kilmico Crooks. Tom Jackson with two early goals as they beat Blessington on the road by 3-9 to 2-5. St Lomans, very impressive last weekend. So Ron O'Toole up for an All-Star next month. 
he scored the goal after having a couple of quiet games recently. He was quiet in the Westmead final. John Heston, Shane Dempsey, five points each. As St. Lomans won against Clough of Longford by 120 to 110. Uh, so Luke Dempsey was managing Clough against his former team, St. Lomans, who he got to a Leinster final with. He backed his old team to win Leinster this year. He said they were that impressive after the game. So it's a big ask, obviously, against Crokes because mm-hmm. uh, Crokes against their Oak, we saw the control uh, from Walsh before his goal <laughs> with his head, yeah. which was slightly unusual. Um, but again, they just look really, really good. And when they opened the throttle up a little bit, you covered them in the Dublin final as well. Yeah, um, and that probably was their best performance of the year so far at that point. Uh, they would have said that as well after the game. We don't know if they're at the same level as I would have saw them at last year. I don't know what you think, Will, but I, I haven't seen that full uh, spark from them yet. So I'm wondering are they feeling their way into the year a little bit? Yeah, peak at the right time. Mm. They they could be. And even for Shane Walsh, like in the county final, yes, that unbelievable goal that went viral and it was something else. You know, he can just do that. He can take moments out of nowhere and make something of it. But he wasn't heavily involved throughout the game. He was He was probably quiet by his standards. But when he got on the ball, I think he scored one three that day. You know, he makes things happen. Um, so he's not fully at his best, even though we're seeing these clips going around. I, I fully don't think he's fully where he can be. Um, so maybe it's just a few, a few more games for him because he was out with that bad injury as mm. well that he got. So, yeah, I just don't know if Kilma are fully, fully at, the, at their heights, but... Uh, they can surely get there. Uh, yeah. There's no doubt about that. I, I thought they were very impressive against uh, against Aerog on Saturday for the bits and pieces that I was watching RT too. So uh, they go to RD in two weeks' time. Lomans will be at home against Nace. Uh, Nace, very good. Um, mm-hmm. They got themselves a goal early on from Sean Hannafin. They were 1-2 to no score up. They were still well ahead at half time. I think it was 1-5 to three points at the break. And they never really got any closer Summerhill. Summerhill probably be disappointed to the meet champions to finish up with eight points only in the end. It's a very low scoring return. Uh, but Nace win by 2-12 to eight points. And as I said, Nace have got a few dual players at the moment between the two panels. Yeah. Um, so they're a little bit kind of having to balance things out. But I'm sure the players would say to you, we just like playing games. So <laughs> it'll be they'll be able to balance week on week. So uh, Nace will go to St. Lomans in the other semi-final in Leinster. So Kilmacud are definitely the favourites at the moment, but probably yeah. hard to call uh, where they go from there. So Kilmacud's win 112 uh, to four points in the end against Airog. So um, a poor return from Airog, who scored very freely against St. Joseph's the week before, but just Kilmacud looked a different beast when they played against them. Um, you mentioned Kilku. You mentioned you were impressed by them. Uh, you got a chance to talk to, to Bobo Kane, who we'll hear from in a moment. But um, he's he's one of those kind of characters on the team. I see we've had him on the show a couple of times now as well. Yeah, that was the was last year's. Yeah, we did a few interviews after the game. I'd know Bobo, so yeah, I always like to pull him for an interview. Now we tried to run away from me last week, but I made sure that so he did an interview. Down at the moment, yeah, <laughs> they all were. They were all running straight for that dressing room. But with a preliminary quarter final to get into the quarter final, they. You know, they they don't want to do interviews. They want to just uh, get the win, get in, look to the next game. So uh, it was a bit of that going on. But yeah, no, they look very, very impressive. I think this year in particular, even the down championship, they they won it well in the end. They look to be just uh, taken in the right direction. Carl Casey, Lacey has came in. He definitely has put his stamp on things. You can see that they play like a more direct style now. We might know Kulku sometimes of being that, maybe defensive, keep ball, 
there's a more of an urgency about them, I would say now, and that almost positions don't matter at times. You you see the full full back, um, Ryan McAvoy up in the full forward line. Aaron Brannigan was making runs. He's a cornerback up into the the full forward line. Very committed to their runs. There's you know moving parts all over the pitch, and yeah, definitely exciting to watch. It's very early in the Ulster Championship, so who knows? But they're they're definitely up there for contenders for sure. Mm, we'll talk about their fixtures a little bit. All right, let, let's hear from Cara Finn's Gary Sice then. 39 years of age, still doing it very impressively for his club. He spoke to Tommy Rooney after the Galway final in Salt Hill at the weekend. Gary Sice, congratulations. Is that number 13 for you? It is. Uh, it is, and I have a phone call to make now to Giz McGrath because he has 12. <laughs> so I need to make a phone call and remind him that I have one more. But uh, yeah, it is. Um, uh, it's a ridiculous thing to be even thinking about. It's, it's just uh, number one for Patrick and Brian Cogger and the boys, and that's the important number today. It's uh, it's like you never went away. To be fair, like it's like you know, there's still the names that we'd be so familiar with, and uh, you know, the team that won three in a row and seven in a row. But like you've got that clatter now of young lads coming through. Where where's that come from? Is it a couple of good underage teams? Yeah, uh, our under 19s won the championship last year. Patrick and Brian and a few of them lads came through there, and then you've got a clatter of 23, 24 year olds that are all men. Though they're around for an awful long time. Dara and Gavin Burke were very, very good today and then Ross has played all the games to now. These boys are coming for a while, they're educated in their football and it's not like they were just dropped into a county final today. We were in a semi-final, a quarter-final and a final last three years. It's not like we fell off the earth or anything. So there was a learning going on all the time. But uh, we're here now and we have it back, so uh, we'll, we'll celebrate it properly, I can assure you. And then we rejig and we, we know what's coming next, hopefully. 100%. It was a fine game of football. If you don't mind me saying the first half, the score taken was unbelievable. The amount of, did you bounce the ball? The amount of boys bouncing the ball and soft, the soft side and losing it was, it was off the charts. Yeah, to be fair, the last day we played in June, it was actually summer's day. Okay. Beautiful. And the last two or three nights we trained, pitches were decent. Um, this place is usually really, really good. Yeah. But the game on beforehand didn't help. Um, lads revert back to type when the pressure comes on. A few lads bounce the ball out there. I'm sure everyone was at it then after a while. It was a pandemic, really. But look, uh, the few scores that were got from both teams, Peter Cook kicked a few crackers and then we got a few boomers as well and it was good Tony got a crack and score it, it, was a, it was a proper game of football in the first half I think Yeah. what do you need to settle into a game of football like you kicked your freeze but that point you scored on the left side you love that that needed to go over <laughs> simple as that Beauty. oh yeah uh, what do you need Gavin's a peach of a kick pass and the way it bounces up you don't have to work you're not even thinking about it it just hits your hands and it's lovely so I had a quick peek to look to see the give me space kill it was the key, was the key really <laughs> don't, don't yeah, drop in his hands yeah um, what do you need uh, for an old head like me you don't want some lad tearing off down the field on you for five or six minutes just need to get on the ball once or twice I got a few kick passes off and once I settled in it was fine um, but I have good players around me Jack McCabe is excellent today and then Darren and you've likes of did them all outside you like He's a machine, an absolute machine, and it makes the likes of my job much easier. I can get a nice ball in my hands and I can start working a bit. But it was just, a, it was an enjoyable game of football because they want to play football too. They don't go man on man and try and black out. They, they actually go at you. They want to win. And it's a nice thing to play a team who wants to win. 100%. You could see that. But that, that third quarter was the key moment. You kicked three points in the bounce. Tony Gilberry's that goal. He just seemed to just take control of the game. I felt watching it. You guys felt very comfortable early on in this match. It felt like Mike Cullen were waiting to kind of break out of their skin, and it never really happened for them. I don't think people appreciate teams that do twos and threes in a row, four in a row, um, county championships. It is hard and it's a hunger thing, it's in the belly and coming back to the pinch point, um, it's very, very hard for 15 collectively to get back up and I think they found that this year. Um, so Till pushed them to a point, um, Montpellier really went that in the last day and we felt that if we opened up the tanks and brought on the likes of Martin and Mike, me all Lundy, 
it's going to bring a bit of trouble for them and uh, to be fair then you had Dylan McHugh and uh, Carl Silk and Lemur and Mince so we knew we brought them to the pinch point we might be able to push them away but uh, it didn't go they, they fought like champions to be fair but um, we, we deserved a win I think at the end Finally uh, you mentioned hunger there like what drives you, Gary? Like you're 38, 39 now. Like you've you've having the easiest time in the last couple of years as well. Like personally for you, this one just must be so special. It's a nice one. We uh, uh, a tough year last year, last September. Um, it it uh, what makes me? It's just football, Tommy. At the end of the day, like if we didn't win today, I'd still have my daughter laughing at me there. She doesn't give a shit whether we won or lost today, but. Uh, I have, a, I have a network at home and they allow me to train and they allow me um, the hours to go and do this and I'd be wrong of me not to perform today when I have people there who are helping me so much over the last while. The other thing is too, I love football time. Soon it's going to stop because the body just won't allow for it anymore so as long as I can offer something, I want to play. It's just football. Delighted for you, well done. Best of luck in Connor. Thank you. Good, good stuff. There you go, Gary Sice in conversation uh, with Tommy Rooney after the final uh, where Carfin came through by a couple of points against Moy Cullen in the end. Delighted to say we've got commentator Killian Whelan with us. Killian, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Anil. Will seems like a long time. It does. Um, feels like a short time at the same time. But here we are. Um, lads still doing it for the club. We'll talk about uh, Johnny Doyle, who you were commentating on and with at the weekend. But um, for Gary Sice at the very highest level there with Cara Finn, still kicking over freeze sweetly, still playing very well at 39 years of age. That's the romance we love about the club, isn't it? Ah, yeah, absolutely. The um, lucky sum operator has given all, all of his uh, time to Cora Finn and obviously, he, you know, he's a fair man with Galway as well. But uh, yeah, you know, these uh, old lads are, are, are still pulling on the boots and they're still knocking over points for fun. But uh, that's, you know, as you said, the love of the club. And I, I brought that topic with Johnny uh, during the weekend on commentary. And, you know, they just... I, I think it would be like losing a leg or an arm now if you were to tell those guys they were, they were going to be stopped playing football. But uh, it's phenomenal to think that these guys are still merging out onto the pitches and uh, are still able to do it. Um, you know, it puts you to shame sometimes. Well, I was chatting to Johnny a few weeks ago after that Kildare Intermediate Final and I was kind of chancing my arm on the morning of the Monday to see if he'd come on <laughs> off the ball that evening. And I was kind of wondering, what was the Monday club going to be like? And he said to me, Monday club is in full swing. And this was at around half 10, 11 o'clock in the morning. I was kind of thinking, this could be messy by the time that half past seven comes around. But uh, Johnny was saying he was keeping himself well. So he was drinking with the fathers of most of the players and with his own father <laughs> yeah. while he was out. He was letting the young lads kind of go wild and he was kind of taking it easy and just soaking it all in. When, he, like, when you get Johnny into his mid-40s at this stage, notwithstanding the 200-odd games he played without missing one for his club and his county, what a servant to, to Gaelic football in general. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, look, Will, he, he's just one of those guys, I think if you went the, 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 the length and breadth of the country, um, there's people in awe of him. You know, like, I, I don't think there's anyone in any county that have a bad word to say about him. You know, he just has that, he's one of the unsung heroes, I think, of GA. He probably, you know, um, unfortunately never got to win in All-Ireland. Um, uh, but yet everybody, I think, knows who he is. You know, like I remember one time years ago talking to the uh, parents of Tommy Walsh and like Tommy Walsh, you Kenny fame, having so many All-Irelands and the fact that uh, Tommy Walsh's parents uh, knew that um, uh, Johnny's parents were at this award ceremony that was at, they wanted me to introduce them uh, to him because they were just, um, apparently Tommy Walsh's uh, mom, her favourite player was Johnny Doyle and you're just going, look at Tommy Walsh and everything he's won and yet she wanted to talk to Johnny Doyle's parents, you know, so um, that's that's kind of, you know, the 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 um, just the vibe that that man gives off and I think people are just, 
he's, he has a likability factor. I think that's a factor as well. Uh, he's a fierce competitor. There's no question about that. He's well able to put, do a few strokes when he needs to as well. But uh, I just think he, he, you know, he's a guy that embodies the whole thing about club and and, and football and and GA and everything. That uh, he just has that factor. And I look, I'm sure there's going to become a stage where he'll get up some morning and it won't be it won't be something that will happen for him. But I think the fact that his dad kept playing until he's fifties, he's mid fifties. I, I think Johnny's going to push him close. Well, I was trying to do the maths on that one. So he was talking about the fact that his dad had played in a Kildare senior final in the early seventies. I wasn't sure whether it was seventy one or seventy two, and he was still around in the nineteen nineties as part of the senior team when they got back yeah. into a county final again. Like that, this yeah. longevity obviously runs through the family, Killian. Yeah, it's definitely a, a gene, all right. There's no question about it. Um, and and uh, you know, it's it, it's probably a hard one to explain. But Johnny just has that uncanny knack, and um, you know, the body. Look, the lads will tell you if they if they go out and they do the run at the start of the year, and I've often seen them. Uh, you know, club and county. You know, they probably would have done a five k or five miler or whatever on the curra. And who's out the front? Johnny Doyle and like this is a guy now as you said at 45 years of age still leading out guys who are you know playing at inter-county level lead and one or two that would be there as part of the club as well that are playing with Kildare so you know he just he just has that knack and look there are guys and we probably hate them uh, uh, Will you, you look at them they just have that knack and he'll probably be doing it when he's 70 he'll still be out running miles uh, there's no question about it you know it must yeah, be a humbling like, feeling if you're in your 20s and your football coach I is laughing around you at the that's what I'm just thinking like <laughs> We all know he's such a raw talent. Like he obviously works very hard as well. But like even though he strikes the ball, mm. like some of the videos that were going around of him, you're watching it going. If this was in Crow Park, this was happening, and it was a a county game, everybody would be sharing all this and be going viral. The way he strikes the ball and the the shots that he took and the the scores that he was getting, it, it's just it's remarkable. It seems really as well, Killing is the type of guy who'll take a shot on when required during the game too because yeah. one of those clips I saw at the weekend that Ash has mentioned you were on the commentary for it on Clubber against St. Malachy's was late in the game Alan Wood are looking for a score and mm. rather than say mm. probing and continue to pass Johnny Doyle's the guy who takes the shot it. on. Oh yeah, and, and that's I, I think that's been his whole mantra all life uh, uh, with Johnny. Um, he's the big game player. Like, There's no question about it. And I think, you know, there's lads like that in every county, I would imagine. But he's just the one that Allenwood and Kildare have always maybe had, a, a, you know, a factor of of, um, of him just being able to produce it. Like, I, I remember a story, the 2010 All-Ireland semi-final, Kildare against Down and Kildare were hunting, obviously needing uh, a, a goal, I think, as it worked out, it hit the crossbar. But Johnny Doyle went in to his fellow clubman, the goalkeeper at that time, Shane McCormick, and he said, put the ball on the top of my head and he runs out you know you're talking about making the run out then from the goal waiting for Shane to put the ball though he runs out the 60 yard 65 yard and he wins the free in the middle of the field from the kick out and just that's the kind of guy that he is like he he doesn't he doesn't expect you to do anything he wouldn't do himself but um, Ashing yeah you, you know you rightly mentioned like he's had to work fierce hard he would tell you himself he's not a natural kicker for freeze or anything like that but the work that that man uh, put in in either in in Allenwood or in Hawkfield or in St Conlon's Park behind closed doors when people wouldn't know what was happening. He'd be down early mornings before he'd go to work. He'd be in Hawkfield, twenty footballs parts of the pitch, kicking them over, back in again, and would do that possibly for about an hour before a training session, everything like that. First man there, last man to leave. He just you know he is a, a phenomenon of, of of Gaelic football. There's no question about it. 
Mm, I think we have a picture here, by the way, of a combined age of 89, which is put up by Alan Budamangan, <laughs> who was in goal for St. Malachy's on yeah. Saturday afternoon. And he's there with Johnny Doyle after the game. And there's two guys still enjoying it with their clubs, Killian, uh, despite the fact they're both into their mid-40s. I think Buddha kicked a couple of frees during the game, despite the fact yeah. that he was he in goal three, as well. yeah. And like yeah. to be still yeah, no. winning championships in, in your 40s, that is dream stuff, isn't it? Mm. Um, but fair play to Buddha, you know, so heavily involved. Castletown Gagan manager and then, you know, lining out in goal for St. Malachy's and played his part in that game as well. But look, he, he was a good one too. There's no question about it. Uh, uh, Will, you know, in the impact that he had against Westmead. And we all remember the famous quote, of course, from, from Paddy O'Shea with the loaf of bread and, and, and subsequently the, the, in the replay, then Buddha comes out and he showed him, uh, the, the, you know, after that shoulder from Darren Rooney, uh, he, he definitely showed Paddy O'Shea and Leash then the next day. What was it, four points? I think he kicked in the replay you know uh, but it was a rare one too there's no question about it and just goes to show you as well committed GM and, and uh, you know prepared to be involved at all levels Yeah I'm, I'm glad we didn't have to get the beat machine out there you paraphrased as opposed to using the exact line uh, which is used by Paddy <laughs> in the Maroon documentary uh, we wanted to chat to you as well about where the Camogie Championship is at because we're at this point where we've got provincial finals coming up we've got provincial semi-finals over the next few weekends as well um, Sarsfield's defending champions Killian uh, coming into this on the back of their win against Lockheed at Crow Park last year where they won by 214 to 114 again they are top of the tree in Galway so they know that they are getting ready for an All-Ireland series already next month and they're going to be up against the Munster champions if we can start maybe with Leinster because we had the semi-finals last week there and uh, Dixborough of Kilkenny coming through against Martins of Wexford and St Vincent's very impressive in beating Borough by 3.13 uh, to 5 points in the end uh, Vincent's are the defending champions here do you make them favourites against Dixborough in two weeks time? I would, um, purely on the basis that obviously, you know, they've been knocking on the door now, Will, for the last couple of years, you know, in Leinster. Um, and, you know, they, they they look like they're making the next step. You know, they, they've just been around the, uh, the, the, you know, the circuit now a, a little bit in the last few years. So I, I, I definitely give them the nod there. But look, you can't discredit Dixborough. They, they, they have, you know, a number of uh, players at both senior and underage level with Kilkenny. So um, you won't take anything for granted. Um you know, that's going to be part of a double header in uh, Netwatch Cullen Park on, on Sunday week. Uh, we're, we're doing, uh, well, I'm on commentary duty for, for those, uh, uh, for, for the, the, the Leinster Camogie Association. But, um, you know, looking forward to a good game and, you know, Netwatch Cullen Park, fine venue as well. You'd imagine it should be, you know, open to a, a good quality game. And, you know, last year, obviously St. Vincent's were involved in the, in the Leinster final as well. That was played in the SETU as a campus there in Carlo. And, you know, fine, expansive play, you know, reigning champions uh, had to dig it out a little bit against Owlert that day because, you know, Owlert, the old dog for the hard road, you know, have been there and done that. Vincent's though showed an awful lot of, of guile and guts to be able to get it. And I, I think probably showed a little bit last year that they're not just reliable on Ashing Mar. You know, they have others as well that are able to, 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 to step up to the mark. And uh, I would put them favourites, you know, I just think uh, having that crown you know, is something that they want to hold on to. And uh, I think Vincent's as well might be having designs uh, uh, further afield as well, um, Will, you know, the, uh, as regards just winning Leinster now is maybe not enough that they, they, they want to prove that they can go further. Yeah, very polished performance from them uh, last Sunday afternoon. So we've got a primary round game in Munster that happens this weekend. So Clonara of Clare will go up against Sarsfields of Cork. And then we already have one semi-final which is set, which is Drummond Inch of Tipperary up against De La Salle of Waterford. Now, Drummond Inch have kind of been there thereabouts All-Ireland Series as well as Munster. 
are they still the team to beat in the province? They would be, but that's going to be a tasty game and I'd love to be at it. Um, you know, De La Salle, you have the player of the year and, and, and a number of others who have big carton to back, to back back her up. Like, you know, like the, the scenario would be that um, Drummond Inch, though, have to be hurting Will. You know, like last year was a game that obviously people felt was set up for them. Uh, we 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 head to Kilbegan and there's snow on the pitch and eventually, you know, that, that that is cleared off in the opening minutes of the game. It was a bizarre kind of situation in all in, in all circles. But Lockheel made that long trip and it just didn't go away. Drum and Inch didn't put them away though and, and that was a factor that, you know, some of the free take and let them down on that day. And I think, the, you know, they had struggled maybe to win the Munster title and then to win it. And now, you know, it's the All-Ireland that they're obviously thinking that this group of players want and you know they're a very close-knit group you know lots of family connections and whatever with Drum and Inch and I look I imagine with all clubs there is lots of family connection but you just feel with Drum that the hurt of last year will probably drive them a little bit I just think that Dallas Aller are going to be a tricky enough opponent for them and again you know you need an awful lot of things working right for them I ultimately think the Munster champion is going to come from that pairing um, Sarsfields you can't discount them of course with the tradition that they have you know and they they beat the Amy O'Connor uh, led Shandun uh, 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 combination side, uh, you know, in the Cork final. So they they won't be uh, for wanting either. But I just think maybe Drum will be the ones that get the nod because of of, of being the reigning champions. Um, and I just think a little bit of hurt uh, with Drum and obviously a number of them representing with Tipperary as well this year, that, that might be a, a, a factor that could drive them on uh, to be able to claim the Munster title this year. Mm. Ash, if I can ask you about Lockheed Shamrocks, because you covered the final last year and they mm-hmm. had a right good cut at Sarsfields and Sarsfields have been so good particularly since 2019 this run that they're on and Lockheed ran them down to a goal in the All-Ireland final last year Oh big time and there's definitely I think a lot of hurt for Lockheed you know it was devastating for them after that All-Ireland uh, Roshi McCormack I, I spoke with her I actually went down and, and visited her down at the club as well and uh, we did a little bit of a piece for off the ball and you could still feel the hurt all those months later and you know, she grew up playing. That was the dream. And, you know, got there that day and it didn't happen for her. But they're, they're hoping to get back there again and, and sort of, I suppose, turn those those wrongs to rights and really give it a good crack. And it was the start. I remember that Sarsfield got in that final as well. It, it was such a quick start and it was hard to just come back from that. But, yeah, it, it's wide open. There's Stephen listen to Killian mention all those teams there, how wide open it is, how competitive it is. And mm-hmm. Drum and Inch will want to get back there as well. There's so so much of that. And Vincent's, she's uh, their team that I think can really do something this year. So I saw their I saw their backroom team at the weekend. So I got the yeah. program the day before. <laughs> it's an intercounty management team. They're like Ray Boyne doing stats for them well, at the club level. So yeah. they're really, really it's well at that set. level. So it's wide open, which is exactly <laughs> what you want in the Camogie Championship. Yeah. Um yeah. just before we yeah. wrap up, Killian, I want to ask about and I'm not gonna make Ash have to talk about this because she had pain from Nafina in the oh. Mead Championship. But uh, one achievement for Nafina, 24 hours uh, between the two games last weekend to qualify for provincial mm. finals in both coats. Some going. Yeah. Yeah, it's phenomenal. And uh, yeah, Ashna would probably be able to tell you there how many uh, duel uh, across the board, but I think it was significant. I think it was unfortunate that the games clashed, but look, it, it was able to be or worked out anyway. But uh, to qualify for both, um, Again, it just probably shows you the the, the, the healthy nature of ladies' uh, Gaelic games in Mead, uh, where it's at. You know, like uh, the Camogie team, of course, getting to uh, intermediate final. Uh, uh, obviously, lost the replay uh, this year. You know, I, I think 
you know, I have a, a good mate of mine now involved with the, the, the Mead ladies football team this year. And, uh, you know, they will be looking to get back up at the, the top of the tree again. Uh, um, so, you know, like the club structure in Mead, um, I do think they're doing a lot of things right, both at ladies football and, and Camogie and, you know, Nafina, I just think it's a phenomenal effort, you know, and, and, and to think that players have to do it within 24 hours again and go give it up their all, uh, great credit to them. Um, you know, like Asha said, you've come up and countered those girls, I'm sure, on numerous occasions. Uh, you'd be able to tell a little bit more, but as regards just the quality, uh, it just says it off about the club setup and everything uh, of Nafina that they're, they're able to achieve it. And it'd be something if they were to pull off a double. Yeah, it really would. Like they won the, the football intermediate and then obviously the, the senior and the camogie. And for Camogie and me, a lot of people would be well aware of Comessen. I know you would, Killian, mm. of the mm. the amount of championships they've won um, in Mead, and then obviously All Ireland's as well. And Nafina sort of kicked them off that perch in the last number of years, and have really just kicked on. And so many dual players as well. And you know, Sean Ennis, the the Mead ladies captain, she's really driving things there. And she often said to me that you know when she goes back playing with clubs, that I often get frustrated that you know the girls aren't you know as maybe putting as much in at county level. But she said quickly, it's it's straight back in. And she said the level that it's brought to is something else, and you can see that you're not going to be competing at this level unless everybody's given everything. And to be doing it in two codes and only 24 hours, that's absolutely craziness and we need to see the end to all of that but to be able to do that is something else for them I might come up against them but uh, I have a hell of a lot of respect for them as well so you can, you can support, you can support them they'll do well <laughs> Gillian good man thanks a million for joining us Thank you. Thanks, Will. Thanks, Ashley. All right, just a a reminder, the fixtures coming up this weekend then, which we'll be talking about next week. So you've got the quarterfinals in the Leinster Club Hurling Championship, Nevena versus Cormac Lai on TG Carr on Sunday at half past one. Raharney versus Nafina. Camros versus Nason. Mount Leinster Rangers versus Lachlan Gales. We've got two games in the Munster Club Football Championship, which is being streamed uh, by Munster GAA. They're going to stream all of the hurling and the football from here on out. Clonmel Commercials of Tipperary against Newcastle West of Limerick. Sample Stadium half past one. At the same time in Castlehaven, it's Castlehaven of Cork against Cratlow of Clare. Ulster Club Football Championship, uh, Glenn, the defending champions here, spread across two days this weekend. On Saturday at 7.15, you've got Cross McGlen Rangers of Armagh going to Trillick of Tyrone at Oma, 7.15 on RTE2. Uh, then on Sunday afternoon, the live game in TG Carr is Kilku of Down against Scotstown of Monaghan in Norrie. That's a 3.15 start. The other two games are on, you've got Glen against Erinone Cargan of Antrim is at 3 o'clock at Celtic Park. Breffney at half past four will host Gauna of Cavan against Nave Cunnell of Donegal we've got quarterfinals in the Connacht Club Football Championship uh, the defending champions Moy Cullen out because they lost their Galway title last weekend Balnav Mayo up against Fulham Irish Castlebar 6 o'clock on Saturday and then Sunday afternoon Rory O'Connell former Dublin star playing for uh, Cooler Strand Hill of Sligo so he said he'd love a cut at Kilmacud later in the championship if it was to happen but St. Bridges of Roscommon at home at the Hyde against Cooler Strand Hill of Sligo that is 2 o'clock on Sunday so it's a stacked weekend There is lots on if you get all those games I'll be impressed Will Yeah well we'll have to try and watch as many as we possibly (laughs) can ahead of next week but with streaming services and with three games on the TV it's possible to dip in and out and watch quite a bit uh, the Club Championship Show here on Off The Ball is of course with thanks to AIB we're the proud sponsors of the All-Ireland Club Football Hurling and Camogie Championships we'll speak to you again next week The Club Championship Show on Off The Ball in partnership with AIB proud sponsor of the Football Hurling and Camogie All-Ireland Club Championships Hashtag The Toughest